Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. I know I shall sing in His beauty, the King in whose law I delight, whose lovingly guards every footstep. Proclaim that. And that's what John was proclaiming over in the book of First John. We're going to kind of do a, a summary today of the book of First John. And I don't know exactly how this is going to go. Cause, uh, <laughs> but uh, there's so much material here. But I guess one time I did the whole book of John, summarized it in one message. So I guess I can do five chapters. But we'll see how this works. But... Uh, Sometimes there's just so much you want to say and, and you don't know what to say and what not to say. But always, uh, as the preacher said one time, he says, I'm going to preach and I can't wait to hear what I've got to say. Because <laughs> you never know what the Lord's going to put in your mouth. So we'll see what he puts in my mouth today and see what he has to say. So... So we're looking at the book of 1 John, and this is going to kind of be like a jet tour through the book of 1 John. We're going to do a summary of it and kind of go back and talk about it a little bit, and then uh, we'll be in something new next week. Maybe we'll go back to John for a little bit, chapter 7 of John, and then uh, we'll, I think I want to go into the book of Colossians, I think, after that. But right this minute, we're going to look at 1 John, and so... Uh, just read the first four verses because these are kind of the introduction to the whole book and really the theme of what he wants us to know and understand. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ and we write these to you that your joy may be full. So John writes this book. This is John the Apostle John and remember he wrote the book of John, the book of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He wrote the book of Revelation, right? But he wrote this book because there were some problems in the church. And just to go back and rehearse a little bit of that background. And some of the people said Jesus wasn't God or he was just a spirit or he was uh, God from the time he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came down until the time he went to the cross and then he was no longer God. And so these people were saying there was these two groups of people and they were called agnostics. And so John... 15 times in this book, he uses the word we know because these Gnostics, this word Gnostic, it's spelled G-N-O-S-T-I-C, but it means knowledge. It means super knowledge. 
And they thought they had the real knowledge, right? But we've got the truth. This is the truth. And so John writes and he wants to kind of speak to what these people are doing and these false ways and these false things they're teaching. Some of them say that it doesn't matter how you live because flesh is evil and spirit is good. And of course, we know that that was the most popular group because they wanted to do anything they wanted to do, right? But then there was a group that said that, that you had to deny the body. And that was the way you'd make it to heaven, right? Because you didn't eat or sleep enough or do whatever you were supposed to. You know, it was like Martin Luther back in the 1500s. I think it was the 1500s. He, he, he would sleep on beds and nails and all these things. And finally, one day he read the verse that said, the just shall live by faith. And he finally understood the only way to get to heaven was by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. And that, that particular phrase, is, that verse is written in the Bible four different times, right? So John writes all these we knows and there's 17 of them or 15 of them. But then he also writes about these do not, see, the ones that does not do this, does not do that or, or says he does not. And so he writes all these things. And so he says that which was from the beginning. In other words, if it's new, it's not true. If it's talking about the Bible, right? If it's new, it's not true. Because if we haven't discovered it, this truth in 6,000 years and, and 4,000 for part of it and another uh, 2,000 for the rest of it, I guess it was written over 4,500 years, I think it was, by 40 different authors and all these different countries and all these different people. He said that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen, which we've handled, which we've looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. He says, we saw him, we touched him, we were with him, we were there. He was with us. He was real. He was the true God. He's, there's nobody else, right? He's the word of life. He's the one that gives eternal life. And he says, we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that this eternal life which was with the Father and was shown to us or manifested to you, to us, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you. So he says this eternal life was shown to us and declared to us by the Father through Jesus Christ. And he says we declare it to you, right? He wants us to know about this eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus said he is eternal life, right? And so he says here, he says that you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So when we know Jesus Christ, we have fellowship with the Father, we have fellowship with the Son, and because we're believers, we have fellowship with each other, right? And he says, I write these things that your joy may be full. God wants us to have joy, right? In spite of the problems we have, in spite of the things that go on, in spite of life, we can have joy because we know it's going to be okay because Jesus is still on the throne and God's still in control, right? Martin Luther, I think it was, the same guy I quoted a minute ago, talking about but when he finally understood it, he said the devil is God's devil. He's on a leash and he can only do so much. But God allows him to do certain things in our lives because he's working all things together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purposes, right? So he allows trouble, he allows difficulties, he allows all those things to make us like him. And so he goes on and he writes that, 
that this is the message we've heard from you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That Jesus is God, that he's holy, he's pure, he's righteous and there is no sin in him at all. And then he goes on to talk about these, the, that we're all sinners basically. He talks about these naysayers in verses 6 through 10 but he also talks about the ones who are true believers and he says the ones that say they don't sin. Some of them say sin, what's that? Some of them say, oh, I don't do that anymore, or I never sinned ever in my life. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I heard that one time from somebody. And then he talks about the ones that realize that they're true believers, and he says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But he goes on to say that, that it, he wrote these things that we may not sin, but what? If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, right? Jesus is our advocate. He's our mediator. He's the one that's the go-between between God and man. He's the way we get to heaven, right? I was teaching yesterday, and, or uh, Monday, and we were talking about uh, John chapter 1 where Nathaniel's meditating on what happened with Jacob when, and, and Jacob sees the ladder, Jacob's ladder. And, and that ladder is Jesus. And he tells Nathaniel, he says, you shall see greater things than these. You shall see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Because Jesus is that ladder, right? He's the ladder between heaven and earth. He brings, he comes down to earth from God. He brings messages to us. And he takes our prayers and our needs to the Father above, right? And so he goes on and he continues to talk about these things. And he and he begins to give us these tests, these tests, these three tests, these tests of the, the obedience, the moral test. He gives us the love test, the test of do we really know God because everyone who's born of God does what? Loves, right? Because he's poured out his love in our hearts. And then he also gives us the test of truth. Do we believe in the real Jesus? Who is the real Jesus? There's only one real Jesus. People say, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, if your Jesus isn't the one that's in the Bible, it's not the real Jesus. Your Jesus doesn't let everybody go to heaven. Your Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody gets to the Father but by me, right? And he says he's the propitiation. He's the one who paid for the sins of the whole world. And if we put our trust in him, we can go to heaven, right? That's not what that word propitiation means. It means he's satisfied the demands of a holy God. And in verse 3, he goes on in chapter 2 and says, Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So we know that we know him if we keep his commandments, right? And how do we know that? Because Jesus says, Why do you say, Call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do the things that I say do, right? And so he goes on and he talks about these things. And he says, somebody says, I know him, but he does not keep his commandments as a liar. And the truth is not in him. That's 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. But he says here, he says, We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. But whoever keeps the word of God, truly the love of God is perfected or matured in him. By this we know that we are in him. Verse 6, he says, He who says he abides in him, also ought to walk as he walked, right? So a true believer ought to live the way Jesus did, right? We're not going to do it perfectly because we're not Jesus, right? 
And we're not perfect. We still live in this body of sin. But, but you know what? That's why he said, I write these things that you may not sin, but what? But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. But then he says, if we sin, if we say, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to forgive us all unrighteousness, right? So God not only paid for our sins, but when we sin, we come to him and ask for forgiveness and we get back in that right relationship with him. It's not a matter of losing our salvation, but it's a matter of getting right with them. You know, when you offend somebody, what happens? You need to go back and apologize them to get back in the right relationship right. And that's what happens with God. When we sin, we go back and say, God, I'm sorry. I did this. I did that. I should have done this. I should have done that. And I didn't do it. Lord, forgive me. And guess what? At that point, we're right with God again because we confessed. We said the same thing that we sinned. And we did wrong. And then in verse 7 of chapter 2, he goes on and he gives us a new commandment. And he says it's a new commandment, but it's an old commandment. What is this commandment? He says, is it new or is it old? It's old. In the fact that God all the way back in Leviticus said, love your neighbor as yourself, right? He gave two commands in the Old Testament. Love God and love your neighbor. And what did Jesus say when he came to earth? And they said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. That sums up all the Ten Commandments. That's what a true Christian really wants to do is live for God and, and do those things. And so he says the old commandment is the same as the new commandment except for the new commandment is that you love others as I have loved you. And how did Jesus love us? He loved us to the end. He died for us. He died in our place. And, and that's the kind of love that we're to have, right? And he goes on and talks about people that say again that they know Christ, but they, they hate their brother. And you know what he says? He said, those that say they love God, but they hate their brother, guess what? They walk in darkness and they do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded their eyes. You ever wonder why people make such crazy decisions? You see some of the stupid decisions some of these leaders and these people make? It's because they don't know the Lord. And the darkness has blinded their eyes. And they think right is wrong and wrong is right. And they just do the total opposite of what makes sense. And you go, that's just totally moronic. It does make, not make any sense, but they do it because they don't know the Lord. And if they knew the Lord, they would have wisdom from God and understanding from God. But these people are blinded and, and they walk in darkness and they don't know where they're going. They're just wandering around making all kinds of a mess out of everything. Not that they can't make some good decisions. You know, I always pray for these people and say, Lord, I pray that you'd help these people that don't know the Lord just to come up with some really good decisions and, and think they're so smart, but, but, but you gave them the wisdom. You gave them the ability to make that, Lord, because on their own, they're not capable of doing these things, right? And so then he goes on in uh, chapter 2, verse 12, and, and he goes on and he talks about these, these levels of spiritual growth. He said he writes to these children... And he says he writes to the children, he writes to the young men, and then he writes to the fathers. And what does he do? He, he says that people who are truly God's children do what? 
They grow. And when a little child, he doesn't know a whole lot, but he knows who his mother and father are, right? And if we're believers, the only thing we really know is that Jesus is our true father. But then he goes on to talk about the young men, which is young men and women, young Christians, that when we know the Lord, what do we do? We grow, we study the word, and we become strong in the word. And, and because we study the word, what do we do? We begin to win those victories over the devil. We begin to win the victories over sin and the flesh and, and the world. And then he says, and then there's these spiritual fathers, these, these men and women and people that know the Lord. And they've got this deep, intimate relationship with the Lord. And because they do, they, have, they, they, they can do all kinds of things for the Lord. They lead people to the Lord. They're, they know the words and they, they're winning the battle against the devil most of the time, right? But that's the way it is. And then, then he goes on and talks about those that don't know the, word, the Lord. He says, but he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. That's chapter 2, verse 15. Because any, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And he says that all these things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is passing away. But the, whoever does God's will remains forever. But you know, the bottom line is, is, is people are spending every bit of effort they have, everything they have to live for this world. It's all just passing away. Get their names on buildings, their names on streets, whatever. And it's all just going to go away. This is all going to be building materials one day when we go to heaven, right? All this gold and silver and precious stones. All the buildings are going to be made out of it. We're going to be walking on streets of gold. And yet people are killing themselves and killing others to get it here today. And he goes on and he talks about these antichrists in verse 18 on. And he talks about these people who are against Christ. And he talks about these people who leave the church. And they go back to living the way they used to. And why do they do that? Because they never knew the Lord in the first place, right? Unfortunately, they didn't know the Lord, so they go back into the world and they begin living like the world. And, and Matthew 18 talks about people that, you know, that church discipline, you go to them and you say, hey, you're messing up and you need to get right. And, and they don't listen to you. You take another brother or sister with you and say, listen, we, we love you and we care for you. You need to get right with the Lord. And then they don't listen. And then you take it before the church. And if they still won't repent and get right, you treat them as an unbeliever and you, and you remove them from the church rolls and kick them out because they're not a child of the king. Or if they are, God's going to take them out of this world or severely whoop them and wear them out because they belong to him. If you belong to God and you're messing up, he's going to whoop on you. He's going to take you out of the woodshed and wear your rear end out, right? But those that don't know the Lord, they just get the consequences of his sin. And then he begins to talk about how we understand things that other people don't understand. In verses 18 through 27, he says, we know things that others don't understand because we've got the Holy Spirit. He helps us to understand scripture. He helps us to understand truth. He gives us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And when we know the Lord, we're able to have this, we have this like built-in spiritual lie detector, right? That says, that ain't right. That's not right. That's not right. And we should be able to spot that because God's Holy Spirit helps us. And then he goes on and he talks about this confidence about 
that not being ashamed it is appearing that if we're truly believers, what are we going to do? We're going to live for God and we're going to uh, be confident in his coming because what do we do? We purify ourselves, right? We live for him and we live in expectancy of his coming. Those that don't know the Lord, they live any way they want to live, right? But we who are believers, we know we are of his because we practice righteousness. And then he goes on to talk about this love in chapter 3 that's been bestowed upon us. And he says, Behold what manner of love that the God has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Think of how great that love is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And he says that in the end of that section that we don't know what we'll be like, but one day we'll be like him. We won't have these old bodies anymore. We won't have these poor eyesight, these, these uh, legs and things that don't work like they ought to, but we'll, we'll be, uh, be like Jesus as much as we can be like God. We'll be like him, right? And what a day of rejoicing that will be, right? Everybody said amen. <laughs> but then he goes on to talk about verse 4 and on about how whoever commits sin commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And the reason Jesus came was to do what? To take away lawlessness and to defeat the devil, right? He came to do that. And he says, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness, verse 7 of chapter 3, is righteous. But he who does not do that is of the what? The devil, right? And... But he says, the one that knows the Lord cannot remain in habitual sin because his, he's been born of God. And he says, the verse 10, that the children of God and the children of the devil are made evident because why? Because some are evil and some are good. You look at the lifestyle, right? Cain murdered his brother Abel. Why did he do that? Because his deeds were evil and he hated his brother. He did not have that love that God has for us. The love that we love everybody no matter what. And then he goes in verse 16 of chapter 3. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also are to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? He, he puts love in practical terms. When we take care of our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know what? That shows that we know the Lord and we care for him and we love the brother. And he says, by doing this, it gives us assurance that we live for him. See, when we live for God, we have that assurance in here that we know that we know that they know that we live, that we are Christ, right? But sometimes when we get out of the will of God, we kind of like, well, you know, well, I've been, ain't been doing good lately. And, but we just have to remember that we don't always, we're not always going to do everything perfectly. But God still loves us the same every day, right? It's not performance-based love. Well, I didn't do very good yesterday, so God didn't love me as much. Yeah, he did. He loved you just as much today as he did yesterday as he did the next day and the next day. He, he, he can never love us anymore or any less because he loves us and we're his. And then he goes on and he says in verse uh, chapter 4, he says, 
Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits where they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is, is coming to flesh is not of God. And he says these people that, that won't say that Jesus was God in human flesh, these are these Gnostics, right? They're the ones that are denying Jesus Christ and denying that he really came and that he was really God and he came in human flesh. But to die on the cross for our sins, he had to be all God. He had to be all man. Otherwise, he could not have died in our place. He could not have taken our hell. He could not have taken our punishment. A man has to die in place of a man. A guilty man cannot die in the place of an innocent man. Uh, God, uh, a, a man cannot die in place of all humanity because we have to stay in hell forever. But Jesus in three hours on the cross paid for all our sins, right? And so he says, we are overcomers because greater is he than, than he who is in the world, right? They are of the world and they speak of the world, but we are of God is what he says here. And so he says in verse 7, Beloved, let everyone love one, let us love one another, for love is, of, love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And then we go on and we just keep talking about nobody's seen God, but, but if we confess that Jesus is God, then, then God abides in him and he in God, right? We have to believe that Jesus is God. We have to trust in him. And then he goes on and he talks about there is no fear in love. I like that because if we know Christ, you know what? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry about where we're going when we die. Because you know what? It's all settled. We're going to heaven. And he says, we love him because he what? First loved us. So... But then he goes on and he says in chapter 5, he says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. See, when we... We know that we're his child because we keep his commandments. And we love the brethren. We love those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And then he says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Those that know Jesus Christ overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. It's our faith in Jesus Christ. Our faith that helps us get through the dark times, the tough times, the hard times. That we know Jesus is on the throne and it's okay. And then he goes on to talk about these witnesses that, that Jesus came out of water and the blood. And they bear witness that Jesus is God. He came out of water and the blood. He was baptized. When he was baptized, he was God. When he died, he was God. And these three bear witness, right? And so... He says, we receive the witness from men, but God is greater. And we have to believe the testimony he's given that, that he, this, this is eternal life and eternal life is in his son. And he who has this life 
has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son does not have life. That's verse 12 and then verse 13. The key verse of the whole book says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. So there's that assurance that we know that we know that we know. If we die today, we go to heaven. And you know, that's what we need to remember, that if we have believed and trusted and, and, and put all our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ, then we know that we know that we know if we die today, we go to heaven. And it, you know, I keep talking about this all week, and I, maybe I mentioned it last week, I don't remember, but I keep talking about Psalm 23. You know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I shall fear no evil. And the great preacher, his, his wife died, and, and the kids were riding in the car with him, and he says, kids, would you rather be hit by a truck or by the shadow of a truck? And they said, a shadow of a truck. Because that shadow from a big truck just passed by. And he says, that's what death is like for a believer. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And he goes on to talk about the confidence in prayer. If we pray anything according to his will, he hears us and he answers us. And then if we see a brother sinning and it's a sin that's not unto death, what do we do? We pray for him, right? We pray for him. But sometimes people are sinning, sins that end up leading to death because God may have to take them home or that sin just may kill them. And then he goes on and he talks in verse 18 and he says, we know, and he gives these last three no's. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who been, has been born of God is kept by God and the wicked one doesn't touch him. See, we know that we're protected by God because when we're born of God, we live for him, right? We don't practice sin. Verse 19, we know that we're of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So we know we're of God, right? We know the world's not of God, but we know we are. And then the last we know is we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true and in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God in eternal life. So they got these three no's. Remember the, the Gnostics kept saying, we know, we know, we know. And John saying, no, you know, but we know, we know, we know. We know we're God. We know that when we're born of God, that God protects us and keeps us and doesn't let us fall away completely and totally. And we know that we have this understanding, this wisdom from God and we know that he's the true God. We know eternal life. And we know these things. And then he finishes and says, My little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because you know what? Any of us can fall prey to idols, right? An idol is anything that can get us off of the track of God that we put before God. It could be anything. But you know what? God wants to protect us. God wants to keep us. And he will do those things. But you know what? We got to ask him to help us. We got to ask him to be with us and protect us. And we need to do through the power of God 
all we can do to live for him, right? And tell others about Jesus. So that's the book of 1 John. It's a great book, and it's a great book that helps us hopefully understand this confidence we can have in knowing Jesus Christ. That we know, that we know, that we know if we die today, we go to heaven. And if you don't know that for sure, I'll be glad to stick around for a while and just talk to you as long as I need to. And I'll give you one of these books. There's a book up here. It's right there. If you don't have it, my number's on the back of some of these cards right here. The plan I have salvations on it. It's kind of small, but you can call me or whatever, and we'll talk on the phone. And if you want to do that in private or whatever it is. But the most important thing that happens in this life is that we need to know where we're going when we pass out of this life into the next one. Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed unto man. That's men and women, boys and girls. That's mankind wants to die and then the judgment. So we either are judged for our sins and go to hell because we didn't trust Christ or else we're judged for what kind of rewards we'll get because of how we've served Christ in this life. And so those are the things that God wants to do in our lives and he wants us to know. He doesn't want us to say, well, I hope I'm going. I think I'm going. But he wants us to be able to say, yes, I know, I know, I know. And we can say, because he lives, I can face anything, right? All right, well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son. We thank you for this wonderful book. And Lord, we ask that you would just be glorified uh, in our lives, that we would just follow you and uh, purify ourselves and keep ourselves uh, in your will and your word, Lord, so that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that there's one here that's not sure today. They believe that Jesus died for their sins on the cross and he was buried and he rose again the third day. They don't know for sure if they die today that they would cry out and say, Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me. And you said, Whoever calls on your name shall be saved. And for the rest of us, that know that we know that we know that we would just thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives and continue to do each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to 
to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.